I want you to get into receive mode and whether that's sitting or lying or standing or jumping, I want you to do that. I'm going to recap on last week, but I really want to want to keep it more brief this week because there's just stuff that God wants to do with us after. And um, it's just really important that we lean into what he's doing rather than always have a program. For those of you who've been with us for a while, you know now that kind of every week is different. And for those of you who have been with us just a little while, you're learning (laughs) that every week is different and that's good because we really just want his plans for us. We just really want his agenda. And so I want to recap on last week for those who weren't here. And we've been journeying worship together as a church family. And it's such an important journey. It's just who we are. Part of, like, worship is just part of who we are. And I'll give you the big picture and then we'll drill it down for those who love the big picture and those who like the smaller, more detailed. Let's do that. You were created to govern the earth on behalf of your father. That's who we are as sons and daughters. And last week we talked about how it is actually, we are part of a company of sons across the earth whose role is to bring the atmosphere of heaven to earth. And by that, we're going to see the glory of God cover the earth. That's what we're born for. That's what we get to be part of. That's our privilege. And also, last week we were talking about the authority levels that we have as sons and daughters. And we're actually way more powerful than we think and way more powerful than we realise. And, you know, if, if our limited mind or anything that the enemy would want to do to limit our thinking about who we are as a son and a daughter and what we're called to release on the earth, if it can keep us small, then that's really all it you know, needs to do. Because if we can actually understand the level of authority that we've been given in Christ and actually function in that, be faithful with it and grow that out. Because last week we talked about how, you know, we're faithful with what is given in our hand. I know that we're called to cities and nations, but right now we're in Rouse Hill Town Centre. So what are we doing with that? And how are we being faithful with that? And as we step into more of that, how is he going to grow that so that we can impact our city and so that we can impact our nation? Then we talked about how 1 Peter 2.9, that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God. And that our priestly function is twofold. It's simply to minister to God and it's also to intercede. So it's an intercessory function, which is just to mediate between God and man. Intercession is a word that some people just don't understand or get a bit, ah, about. Intercession is simply mediating between God and man in prayer. And for me, the picture of intercession is um, in John 5, 19, where Jesus just says, I just do what I see the Father doing. 
And I feel like our role as sons and daughters on the earth, our intercession priestly role is just to simply look out. God, what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you saying to this person? What do you want to do in this family? What do you want to do over our region? And our priestly function is just to hear that and see that and just to start to worship and to pray that in. And then he will give us the keys to know what to step into for that. So if we're going to function in our royal priesthood function, then we need to learn to worship bigger than the room. Let me just get a drink. We need to learn to worship bigger than the room, which means we need to learn not just how to sing songs, but how to send them in spirit. So what we're about is we're about taking ground. We've been talking all year about taking ground in our own heart, taking ground in our own journey, taking ground as a family. And and now we're talking about taking ground and growing in our worship experience so we can learn to take ground out there as well as in here and in here. And what we're talking about now is understanding that there are moments in worship for us where something shifts and something changes. And I want to talk about that because I want us to understand what is happening in those moments so we can give it the level of attention that it deserves and so we can achieve the assignments that we're being given at that time. Because the Father has purposes that He wants to release through you. I was saying last week, I don't know if I'd always choose to do things in partnership with my children because sometimes I don't like the choices they make. But He chooses to partner with each of you And he wants to fulfill his purposes through you. And some of that is through sending a song. I was saying last week that there are battle strategies that the Lord has over Jericho's in your world. And the Lord has over Jericho's in this region and beyond. That only the Lord can release through you in partnership with you and they are better than, better than any human strategy you can go and get. And like we all have Jerichos. We've all had Jerichos that either we've had some walls knocked down or we're still knocking some of our walls down. But God has battle strategies that just don't make sense in the natural. But He wants to release those to us and He does that to us in worship. Okay, so let me pull out some scripture. And just talk about this for a moment, because this is important. I want to read three verses. So I want to read Colossians 3.16. If you're wondering what in the world is she talking about, I need something to now anchor what you're saying on. Let me just tell you what Paul encouraged the early church to do. He was saying, let the word of Christ be dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with gratitudes in your heart to God 
So part of singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs is that we would teach and admonish each other through that. That's part of the fruit of our worship together. It actually teaches our hearts something that we need to be taught. It admonishes us into further depths of His presence. Okay, let's turn to Ephesians 5, verse 19 and 20. I love this one. Okay. I'm actually going to go to 18 because I like it. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. So once again, and you know, that's in the context of actually drinking in His love and not getting drunk on earthly stuff, but getting drunk on His love is actually part of that is singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to each other. If you want to see an example of how this worked, an assignment that was given in the middle of worship, then I want to go to Acts 13. Because it was actually in the middle of worship that something really significant happened. Acts 13, verse 2. While they were worshipping the Lord, so this is a lot of the early church, a lot of the apostles, and you know, they were pretty much setting things up for expansion, and they were worshipping the Lord, and they were fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. You know, that's an example there of singing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs together. They were worshipping together. And what happened was God said, I want you to set these guys apart and they're going to preach the gospel to the entirety of Asia. And Paul preached the gospel to the point where he actually said, I have nowhere else left to preach. So that moment of worship together changed the course of history because it really impacted our world. Now, you know, God may have said that to someone in a dream or whatever, but it did happen in the context of worship. So worship and the things that we are given in the middle of worship as we are delighting in Him are so important. So I want to give you some examples. Actually, no, I'm not going to do that yet. I'm getting Wendy up in a sec. And then we'll all just be wiped out. I'll give you some examples in a moment, but let me explain it. When you are caught up in worship, because I feel like this happens for a lot of us, but I'm, I'm going to try and put words around it. When we are caught up in worship, sometimes you can have a sense of something that's happening for you that becomes bigger than just you. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, I would guess all of you do. And at that moment, you're getting this sense of an assignment. So what is happening there is what you are singing 
is becoming the answer that the Lord is wanting to release over a person or a family or a group or a region, whatever it is. It might be over something general like a disease over the whole earth. It could be anything. But you get this sense that something's happening. And like when these moments happen, you actually need to let yourself go on assignment. Because sometimes we can go, oh, but I really came here to worship God and, and now I'm getting distracted with all this kind of stuff. And I would dare to say that is not distraction. I would dare to say that is actually God tapping you, saying, hey, we've got something to do here. So on those moments, it's okay. You're singing to God but you will sing something over a person. It may be in the, you may physically be in the room with someone that you can sing that over, or it might even be something that you know. I mean, I actually love being here because I'd like to look out, and that all gets me very prophetic and intercessory, and I love that during worship. So what happens is we're delighting in the Lord. There's like a circle of delight happening. Delight yourself in the Lord, so He would give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. As you delight yourself in the Lord, His desires become your desires. And all of a sudden you are so one and you are running together to a place that cannot be run to in the natural. And what happens in that moment is that He places an anointing on the song. So it's not actually anything that you're doing. You're just worshipping Him. And that's our role. Just fix on Him. Enjoy it. He will place an anointing on the song. What is an anointing? An anointing is the power of the Spirit released onto something in order to accomplish it. So the anointing is the power coming on something and you release the sound of that song. Do you know Psalms even says, the sound of the waves sing the praise of God. The rocks and the hills cry out. All of creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. We join in with a sound that's being created in heaven and we partner with it and the power of the Spirit rests on it and all of a sudden God does something that He couldn't have done without that partnership. It's amazing. I do want to give some examples. I know for me, I'll just give a few quick examples and then I want to get Wendy up as well. Um, I'll give you a few different kind of examples. I know at times when I've been worshipping, it's actually like he just crystallises my vision in the spirit. Has anyone had that? And all of a sudden I can look around in the room and I might see words over someone or I might see something sitting on someone that actually is not theirs. And it's it, because I'm being shown it, so I start asking God, okay, God, is, do you want me to pray this off? Do you want me to pray this off while I'm standing here? Do you want me to physically go up to that person and pray it off? There's all these different things that start happening. So it's like I'm still worshipping God and in the middle of all of that, I'm starting to ask questions. Father, what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you seeing? And then amazing things have happened when that has happened. I've had another time, which is different, when I've been worshipping. I was away with a group and someone in our group had ovarian cancer and they were literally leaving our group after we'd finished being away to go straight to hospital to have treatment because the prognosis was not good. And during worship, I strongly felt like God said, she's going to be healed. So when we finished actually singing together I said guys we can't leave this place 
until she's healed. So we all gathered round and we just prayed and prayed. We probably prayed for about 15 minutes. We prayed and she didn't necessarily feel anything at the time. We just kept checking in, praying, checking in, praying. And then she was like, I don't know, I just feel warm, which is a good sign. And, um, and then she went. She, w- she was completely cancer free from that. God completely healed her. I know there was a time in worship we had a few weeks ago where I just knew that God was releasing a healing anointing in the room. And then Elisa got up and shared and said that God had healed her back and hip and sciatic pain, which was amazing. So Wendy, do you want to share a couple of stories? Sure. I'm just sitting there trying to decide which stories. Um. (laughs) That's right. Um. This is a Bible, just paper. Like, I pulled it off the shelf today and it just feels so right to have it in my hand again instead of a phone. Just thought I'd tell you that. <laughs> I can flick through it and find things really quickly. <laughs> um, when we're in corporate worship, when we're together, it's like we're all standing together and looking at God. And we're not looking at each other, we're all looking at Him. And there's something incredibly powerful of that level of faith. So my faith joins with your faith, joins with your faith, joins with your faith. And it's not an addition, it's a multiplication. And that's where the corporate anointing comes for God to move in power when we're together. I would say in my own personal intercession, I would sing more than I do anything else. Just me and God. Um, one particular family situation we've had recently where um, one of my younger family members um, has been mentally ill and um, she um, ended up um, being admitted to a psych hospital for a little while. I didn't know how to pray for her. All I could do was sing. And so God gave me scriptures that I would just, I'd find a tune and I'd just sing it day after day after day after day. Sometimes it was a very specific song and I would sing it to God on behalf of her and I literally could feel myself standing between her, between God and her as the intercessor because at this point in time she can't pray for herself. So I'm going to be the intercessor. I'm going to stand and I'm going to declare what she needs to him because he's telling me what she needs and so I'm going to be the go-between until she's ready to take it on herself again. That's what it is to pray for someone as an intercessor. Um, In a corporate sense, I'm thinking of examples. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you a funny one and then I'll tell you a really really heavy duty one. (laughs) We'll start with a funny one. I was in... um, I was in a, a, a conference with about 150 other people and we were having this worship time and it was the third day and you know how the, the conference effect, you're all in God's presence so much that there just something builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and it gets sweeter and heavier and more wonderful. We were in the third day and I was in the middle of worship, we were in the middle of worship and I, I opened my eyes at one point and this doesn't usually happen to me but I saw a word on the back of someone's head and it was joy. And I think at the time we were singing a song about joy, but I can't remember that detail exactly. I think that's what was happening. And so I saw this word joy on the back of her head. She was about four rows in front of me. And I thought, oh, I wonder if that's her name. I'm not one of these people who prophesies people's names. 
um, never have, um, would like to. And so I started getting all nervous and thought, oh God, what do you want me to do with that? Seriously, it's the middle of worship. What do you do? You know. So I, as I'm sure some of you would do, I did a deal with God and said, well, if you want me to do something with that word, you're going to have to get someone out the front to say, let's all pray for each other. So of course, immediately someone got up and said, let's all pray for each other. Of course. So I sucked it up and went around the front, stood in front of her and had no idea what I was going to say. I had no idea. But I started with what I knew to start with and I said to her, I believe that God's telling you that your name is Joy and that that is the mark on your life and you haven't seen it yet but you've expected it and it is coming very, very soon. And she looked at me and she said, my name's not Joy. But then she said, it's Joyce. And my mother wanted to call me Joy. But her mother wouldn't let her because she didn't think it was a proper name. And so she'd been named Joyce, but always felt like her real name was Joy. You know, that moment changed her life forever. It changed my life forever too. She's never the same. She's never the same because God came down in the middle of this corporate setting where we're all just looking at him. And he's, he's so amazing and so huge that he can go, okay, you need this, let's do that from there over to here and you go over there and you get that over here and he orchestrates it all. It's like he's the conductor conducting the whole thing and all you have to do is your little bit and someone will go away with their life changed forever. The other, other story I'll tell you is um, from when I was at a, a conference, there were a thousand women in the room um, and some men, but it was a women's conference and we, the, some, there was something about worship that day. It's like Deb was talking about. You can just feel that there's something and you kind of take a step and you know you're going a bit deeper and you know you're going a bit deeper and, and then you stop for a bit because you're not sure what's happening and you go a bit deeper. We were all going deeper and there were a thousand of us and it was getting louder and there was no one up the front going, come on, push through, push through, push through, reach for God. There was nothing. It was just all of us hearing from the Holy Spirit at the same time. There was a corporate anointing that God was, was starting to pour down on us. And we could, we could feel it. And it, it was almost like the air got prickly with this anticipation. And I stopped at one point and got not scared, but a little bit, I, had, I felt a bit of anticipation because I didn't know what was going to happen next, but I knew something huge was about to happen and I had no idea what it was. And suddenly the worship music stopped. And we were, it was like we were on the edge of a cliff looking down, thinking, do we jump? And one of the speakers got the microphone and went up the front. This is what she read. So it's dead, it's dead silence now. Nothing's happening. Nobody's moving. It's like we're all holding our breath because it was like this holy moment. And this is what she read. Consider now. Call for the wailing women to come. And as she said that, this wail 
moved across the room and many of us fell to our knees as hundreds and hundreds of women all got hit by this groaning too deep for words that we didn't understand but we were going to go with because we knew it was God. And there were hundreds of hundreds of women all at once wailing. Now I never did find out what other people were seeing and feeling during that those particular moments. It went on for probably seven or eight minutes and then it just stopped. And we went back to our seats and we moved on. But there was an exchange that happened between heaven and earth in those moments that began with a corporate worship and God came and took his place in the centre of us and said, I love your faith. I love that you're looking at me and you're willing for anything. This is what we've got to do right now in intercession. For me, what I experienced was I felt my heart torn down the middle and I said God what is this what is happening this pain is too great to bear and he said this is how I feel for the ones who aren't with me And I said, I can't handle it. It's too, it hurts too much. And he said, well, well, this is how my heart feels all the time. And it never goes away. I'm full of joy and I'm full of light. And I'm also full of a broken heart that wants my people back. I had those moments to experience something of the pain that God goes through when someone turns away from him or walks away. And it's changed me forever. And this was about 15 years ago. And I still feel it like it was yesterday. And I, part of me wanted it to stop because I, I knew it would probably kill me if I had to keep that pain. And a part of me didn't want it ever to stop because I want to always remember the pain that God has on his heart for us when we turn away from him. So both of those are examples of what can happen when we look at him. Because that's what worship is. It's looking at him. It's telling, telling him who he is. And he's going, yeah, I know who I am, but I want to be sure that you remember it too. So tell me who I am. And worship is a faith step. You can't sing like the songs that we sang tonight without it being a level of faith of de- as you declare who God is. It's all about who he is and who he's making us to be. And partnering, as Deb said, partnering with him. How ridiculous that God would partner with us. I mean, how crazy. But he does and he loves it. So we have to just get over ourselves and and do whatever he wants because he's going to use us. That's good. Thank you. You know, we've got to smash the wet measuring stick as we're talking about this. Because some of us have had some epic experiences and some of us have just sniffed it. It doesn't matter. Because you're a son and a daughter and he just wants you to gaze at him and partner with him. He is not worried about what experience you've had before. He's not worried about all the things that we worry about. He just wants your heart. He just wants it all, every single bit. 
and then he knows he can partner freely with you. You know, when we, when we have these moments, it actually expands our faith beyond the faith that you have for yourself to out there. And when we get into this stuff, like what Wendy just talked about there, I'm guessing that was a new experience for you. Yeah. Each of those things. I've been walking with God for a really long time now and it doesn't matter whether I'm doing prayer ministry or whatever it is. I just love, it's like a new experience every time. It's like, oh wow, that was so cool. And just like, wow, I heard God speak. I was part of that. That was just so cool. And so He wants to stretch us into a new experience. He wants to stretch every single one of us into a new experience. And then as a family, the multiplication, He wants to stretch us into the new experiences that He has for us. A famous um, author and speaker called Tim Ferriss says the only way to have a new experience is to have a new experience I know this is not a striving thing this is a grace thing we got here by grace we keep going by grace we hear his voice by grace we release heaven on earth by grace it's a total grace thing, but this is about taking ground. So let's picture this right now. Taking ground in Rouse Hill, because that's where we are. That's where we're gathering right now. Taking ground in Rouse Hill. What would it look like if our worship impacted this environment so much that people who struggle with anxiety and depression come to the shops and they feel a peace that they can't explain. And then they go, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to that place. I don't know what it was. I mean, I can't even remember what I bought, but I just really liked it there. And then what would it look like if our worship together was so united and just so delighting in Him that when we stop at whatever time we do on a Sunday, that peace continued day and night, night and day. And then what would it look like if that extended out? You know, sometimes I feel like part of my intercession thing is I feel like the roofs are lifted off houses and you can see into families and you can just see what's happening there to know what to pray into. What would it look like if there was peace in every home? the kingdom of heaven invading the earth so here's what I think I think lots of things but right now what I'm thinking is a lot of us do this by default anyway I actually think a lot of us are functioning in this I don't think this is a whole new brand uh, brand new concept but what I want to do is take what we're doing by default and make it design. There's an awesome quote by Graham Cook and it says, when we do with intention what we've done by intuition, we achieve acceleration. Do you want to hear that again? When you do with intention what you've done by intuition, you're going to achieve acceleration.
So this is what we're doing. We want to take the stuff that we're kind of already doing so it's not just like out there and oh wow, it's kind of cool when we get together. And we want to make it intentional. Um, a church that Tim and I are going to in two weeks' time to speak at their family camp in Perth, um, they've just gone through a whole, well, about a year ago now, they just went through this whole worship journey and intercession journey. And in the room now, there are time, they said there's times in worship where in the room it's like there's this whole agreement comes across the room and it actually flows to the front and leads the team and then the team catches this thing that God's doing and then the team just kind of leads people back into the and it's just like this massive whirlpool of the spirit and so we're not going to use the measuring stick that is now not our formula that's an example of what can happen when we do with intention what we've been doing by intuition So we want to be clear about our assignment because you all have an assignment. Like no one can release the glory of God the way you can. You're so unique. But then no one can release the glory of God in this area like I-61 can. The next church down the road, they'll have their way of releasing the glory of God and we need to encourage them and cheer them on. But we have our way. So we need to clarify our assignment and we need to run with it because this is really important. And if we just kind of meander around, we're going to do okay. We're going to do some good stuff. But I don't know if we'll take the ground that we're supposed to take. So we want to leave today knowing a few things. We want to leave knowing that worshipping bigger than the room is super important. It's actually part of who you're called to. We want to know when God is prompting us with an assignment and how to run with that. We want to know how to cheer each other on in that and how to kind of start to mix together. And like it's like when you have a worship team and you've been, like when you're playing for years together, there are times when you just go off in worship and do something and the whole team will just go because they just know that's what you're doing. Whereas when you're first together, it takes a little bit of time to get to know each other. So we want to achieve that sort of cohesion and unity that we want. And we want Him to stretch us into the new experiences. It's not scary, really. It's kind of fun. When we were praying before, we just felt like we were hopping into a roller coaster. And we were just supposed to have lots of fun. And like, I just saw us all with our hands up. It's like we weren't even holding onto the bar. We are just like, woo! Just going wherever the roller coaster goes. Because when you're just completely hands up and you're just screaming for the fun of it, you actually have let go of all control. And you're just getting into the experience. So we want to shift atmospheres. We want to take ground. We want to see diseases eradicated. We want to believe for things that are bigger than us. And here's, oops, I've just tipped over water. And here's the big news flash. We actually can't do any of this without the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that funny? Well, I, th I think it is. Come on. This is actually kind of out there. Like, this is wild. We can't do this. If He doesn't come and bring His fire, 
we've talked about stoking the fire. Stoking the fire. You know, it was really early on in our church journey. And um, God was waking me every night. Sorry, I I may still need to get healed of that. But He was waking me every night and He was saying, don't forget the fire. Don't forget the fire. So we want to stoke the fire right now. Why don't we actually sing a song and then why don't we, we are going to do some impartation. Because I don't know about you. Thank you, Carolyn. You are achieving your assignment right now. Clap her. Clap for Carolyn. Thank you. And sorry. Um, (laughs) I've just had this amazing week of encounters where I'm like hungry beyond. I can't contain myself. It's ridiculous. And it's so much fun because it's like, well, I just have so much. But as a result of that, I'm so much, I'm just so hungry for more. So let's put our hands on our heart. Let's actually just sing that God is good bit again in the bridge. And then what we're going to do is we have not done a fire tunnel here yet. Okay, it's time. It's well past time. Uh, For those who don't know, what is a fire tunnel? It's basically a tunnel where people are carrying the Holy Spirit. They're going to put their hands on you and they're going to pray for you as you go through. And they're going to believe that God is imparting an upgrade of his presence to you. And I know that there is stuff today that he wants to release to you. I have a question for you though. Do you want it? Do you want it? Because if you want it, you can come and get it. Yeah. All right. Let's stand. Let's just put our hands out or put your hands on your heart. Whatever you need to do to get into receive, respond mode. And if you are not feeling hungry, then smash that measuring stick. It is not your friend, but say, God, stoke the fire. Stoke the fire. There is never a time where He doesn't want to give us more. There is never a time where He doesn't want to stoke the fire of His presence. And then when we've sung this song a little bit, we're just going to have a few people come and we're just going to find a way to feed through. I'm just going to receive what God wants to do. So let's sing.